Any news brewing on Dave's fight? Can you give us an update, please? Yeah, we had a late night last night. Uh, Mr Lovejoy, who when he was approached for the fight, was asked if he has a promotional managerial contract with anyone, which he said no. We flew him over, he signed the contract. And I had a little uh, note from Mr Don King last night, who says, no, I have Mr Lovejoy under contract, who was not happy at all, was fuming. And obviously we respect that position. So I spoke to Don last night. I was grafting away, four o'clock in the morning was the, uh, the last phone call. Um, and we're trying to find a solution. We'll get paid from Mr. Lovejoy. He said that Mr. Lovejoy was supposed to be fighting Trevor Bryan later in the year. He didn't have a date for that. He don't have any TV. So I've come out and said, I will give Trevor Bryan a fight in December on Matchroom Boxing USA. So we're trying everything. But at the moment, he's not happy and he doesn't want Mr. Lovejoy to fight. Don't know why I quit keep calling him Mr. Lovejoy. Um, but we're trying to resolve it. We've got 48 hours to go. Uh, we've got a couple of other British opponents we're looking at. We appreciate at this stage it would be more about getting Dave out to fight, which he's here to do. But I'm not going to give up. You know, I was, like I said, four o'clock in the morning, the last call last night. But Mr. King is long in the tooth and he's not happy with Mr. Lovejoy or Christopher. But I think I've given him a great deal to try and make it all happen. And we'll do everything we can to try and get it over the line. Dave, just your initial reaction? Um, well, obviously, I'm, I'm just a fighter, so I'm, I'm just waiting. Uh, hopefully, the fight can happen. Um, I was excited by the Lovejoy fight. Um, well, obviously, it's up to Ed. I don't, I don't know. I'm just here to box, so I'll just. I'll I said to Dave this morning, I said, all I can tell you is we'll do everything we can to try and get it over the line. Failing that, we'll get people in place, you know, so he can still fight on the card. That's still the, the, uh, the, the, the strategy. But we want to try and get this fight over the line. But it's going to take Mr. King's approval. So Don King, legend of the game, Hall of Fame promoter. You're going to make your money. I'm going to give you a new American style Trevor Bryan a fight and we can all go home smiling. So that's on you, big man. So there, we'll see. Is there a time frame on this? Cut off? Yeah, Saturday, Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> that's when the fights take place. I mean, actually last night, one of the reasons I was working on it so late last night is because I felt like we had a press conference today, so I wanted to make a decision. Now, we're kind of at the stage where I woke up this morning and I said to Dave, look, at the end of the day, we've still got two days. But it's going to take his blessing. And he may not want to give Mr Lovejoy his blessing. But we try and find a way to do that. I think it's in everybody's interest for the fight to happen. Um, the WBA are happy for the fight to happen as well. I spoke to uh, Gilberto Mendoza last night. He was even pushing Don. So maybe he'll wake up in a better mood today and we can get it over the line. But we have to respect his position and we respect him and we will try and find a solution. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. IFL TV, MTK Global. Well, there's always drama, drama. in your... In drama. Your... There's always one, isn't there? Absolutely. This, this week it's Mr. Uh, Allen, although... Uh... Yes, it's not your fault once. You've actually prepared, you've got yourself ready normally. Normally, if I gave you this news, you'd turn around and go, actually, that's a bit of a result, because I'm not really feeling great anyway. Always happens like this. What's happened? So, so what's happened is, uh, when our American matchmaker approached Chris Lovejoy, as always, we asked him in writing, do you have any managerial or promotional contracts? He said no. We sent him a contract, he signed the contract, we flew him over, and yesterday, get a little note from our old friend Don King who says, no, I have him under contract. And Lovejoy says, no, you don't have me under contract. Anyway, I'm not gonna do anything about Don's blessing. So I spoke to Don yesterday. He ain't happy with Chris Lovejoy. He don't really want him to fight. He says he was supposed to be fighting Trevor Bryan, but Don doesn't have a date for that. No one has any dates at the moment. So I've said, look, take your money from Chris Lovejoy. I'll give Trevor Bryan a fight in December. Great deal, let's move on. But Don is long in the tooth and he's, a principles man 
and he weren't happy last night and he weren't having it last night. The last phone call was at four o'clock in the morning. So we've still got a couple of days. We're working on other opponents behind the scenes to make sure Dave fights this weekend regardless. But I'm still hopeful that we can reach a resolution. But it's going to take Don King's blessing. So Don, I know you're a huge IFL fan. Let's let you make your money this weekend. Let's work together on Trevor Bryan and get him out in December and let Dave Allen fight Chris Lovejoy instead. How aware was Chris Lovejoy about this situation? Because obviously he's flown over here. He's been here for like three days. Oh, no. I mean, when it, when, it, when it emerged that he had a contract with Don King, I did ask him and he went, oh, no, but that's expired. And I said, nice of you to let me know. Thanks for letting me spend all that money on the plane as well. But it is what it is. Listen, it's only another blip in the road. We just got to overcome it. So we got to think smart. This is what I said to Don last night. Look, forget the fact that he's disappointed and, and aggravated by Chris Lovejoy. Let's just be smart here. You know, there's a fight to be had. There's money to be made. I can solve a problem for you with Trevor Bryan as well. But it's going to take the great Don King to say, I give you my blessing. And if he doesn't give us our blessing, the fight won't happen. Bit of a sickness for you, obviously. Yeah, not ideal, but... Um... Hopefully it'll, hopefully it'll happen. Uh, I'd love to watch Love Joy and then, and then Trevor Bryan. Yeah. yeah I'd, I'd, that, I'd love yeah. to watch Love Joy and then Trevor Bryan. Um, if I don't watch Love Joy Saturday, I'd, I'd love to still box, but um, I'm a professional now. So, you know, I might, I, you, it just depends. You, you said to me so earlier, if the fight doesn't happen, you're happy to spar him in the Matchroom gym here. I'm happy to keep his anywhere wherever he wants. We could actually do honest. like, we could do an early pay-per-view. Do you know what I mean? I love it out of him in the gym or in the, in in there. Not really bothered to be honest, but uh, he talks a good game. Maybe he knew it wasn't going to happen because he's been talking a lot. You know, what, been, what's the backup plan? So what have you got? The backup plan is a British opponent that's had his have his medicals in order and that's ready to fight. But it's also got to be someone that Dave's happy with. You know what I mean? It's got to be you know, when you when you have the lows of being told you're not fighting the guy you was expecting to fight or wanted to fight. Which he's already had that with yes, Hammer. If you go in with someone that's decent, you might make a mistake because you're mentally not in the right place. So for me, the key is to keep him active. He's worked hard in this camp. So even if it's a fight, you know, on Facebook or earlier in the night against a lesser I, I'm opponent. I'm at three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm, I'm I was thinking more half two. I'm not bothered. I, I, I'd love to box, but things are going so well at the minute with the training that it's got to be it's got to be right because I'm I'm a proper trained hard and uh, doing everything right. So. You know, obviously, if I have to wait for Joshua Pulev, yeah, will you put him on one of the other cards? If he doesn't fight this weekend, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. What the Joshua Pulev or the White Pavekin? December the oh, November the fourteenth, December the fourth. Yeah. They're, they're not pay per views though. Oh right, does he only fight on pay per views? I don't know. I'll ask okay. him. Well, I mean, if he pulls out <laughs> this fight, I mean, we might have to cancel Usyk Chisora. To be honest, oh, I mean, oh, that was the yeah, the pay per views on the line as well. So it's, on the line. <laughs> it's funny because when you come on, you know, you get you get a load of people going. Obviously, you've got your hardcore fans. But oh, do you really think Alan's pay per view is a joke? And then if he comes off the card, it will go. Now he's off the card. It can't be pay per view. So yeah, you can't really win. But listen. Again, like last night, there was a lot of screaming and shouting. So hopefully when everyone calms down and says, look, it's in nobody's interest, by the way, for this fight not to happen. Not him, not Lovejoy, not me, not Don, not Trevor Bryan. So let's work together. When do you draw a line on the Lovejoy thing? Today? Friday night, to be what? honest. I mean, we give it till Friday night? It doesn't matter, does it? I mean, we have someone standing by. Yeah. But that's the fight we want to make. So I want to give ourselves as much time as possible. Likely chance that he doesn't fight? Is there... Doesn't fight at all? Yeah. Small, hopefully. I mean, it, you know, it depends on who he fights, but you know, that, that's not really in the mindset at the moment. We want him to be in a proper fight. Okay. Chances he fights Lovejoy, 50 50. I want to watch Lovejoy than Trevor Bryan. Is it? We might just go straight into the Trevor Bryan fight at this stage, but we'll see. I, I just, I'm, I want to have a proper fight, really, you know what I mean? And we'll have a proper fight. I'll do a four rounder at half two and then we'll watch Trevor Bryan. Yeah, Sounds, what, awesome. the same night? All right, well, hopefully it resolves itself and uh, we'll catch up with you guys later on. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO, free impartial advice on all your debt. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt.
television and people wanted to hurt me and leave my shoes. So um, there's nothing, nothing serious for me. We saw defeated your own close friend, Sidney Lomachenko. Was that uh, disheartening for you or was that giving you motivation? sleepless nights knock your debt out with debt KO and your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night debt KO free impartial advice on all your debt We've just been speaking to uh, Savannah and she says she expects the best version of Hannah Rankin this weekend. What are you expecting from her? Yeah, I'm expecting exactly the same from her. This is a big fight. Uh, it's her first step up in class, so I'm expecting the best Savannah Marshall to turn up. So I think the fans are going to have a fantastic fight on their hands. How difficult has the delay of, of the fight been um, just from a preparation point of view, but also from a mental point of view? I think it's actually been fine for me. There's been no problems. I just ramped up the training again, kind of did that whole sort of groundhog week. <laughs> so you did like the last week of training again. Um, so for me, there's been no changes. Um, it was just, yeah, a little bit more of a delay. But, you know, I thought this fight was inevitable anyway. So I just had to wait it out and be patient. So, yeah, happy. And lastly, for me, just uh, you mentioned the fans there. Uh, obviously, no fans at the venue itself. 
Uh, how frustrating is that as as a competitor? For me, it's, it doesn't make any difference. I mean, coming from a, my musical background, I performed in massive auditoriums with like huge audiences. And then I performed to like two people, like my mom and dad, when I was doing solo performances. So for me, it's it doesn't make any difference whatsoever. And having a chance to have seen that the in the last one, in the last bubble, um, I know what it's going to be like. I know what it's going to feel like, the sort of vibe and stuff. So yeah, I'm feeling like it's not going to make much of a difference. Obviously, if we were at home in Scotland, uh, I would be gutted to not have fans because obviously, you know, all my family and friends would be there and be making a lot of noise. But yeah, as it is, um, no problems for me. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Uh, Arif, uh, do you want to jump in next? You might be on mute. There we go. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with this one. Thanks. Okay, no problem. In that case, we'll pass over to Ryan Elliott from Boxing Social. Hi, Hannah. Thanks for joining us. Just a just a couple of questions from me. Uh, look, you were pleading with Savannah to to stay on weight following the postponement of this fight. Was there any real concerns with you that this fight wouldn't get turned around so quickly? No, I think I was actually really impressed that they managed to turn it around so quickly. Um, I wasn't expecting such a quick turnaround from Matchroom, but massive thank you to Eddie Hearn and Matchroom for sorting it out. Um, obviously, there's always the concerns at the moment with the COVID situation that things are going to get cancelled last minute. So to be on the very next show is, is massive. Um, so really excited. And also, it's the Usyk Chisora undercard. What's not to be excited about, you know? Absolutely. Now... Hannah, one thing I wanted to touch on, you've been in with plenty of top names in your career. You've been the distance many a time as well. How important is professional experience in this fight, in your opinion? Oh, I think it's massively important. You know, when you're fighting for the championship distance, I've done it quite a few times now, you just got to know how your body reacts. You've got to know how it's going to feel when you're in those last few rounds, how you've got to push yourself. And I think that's a massive advantage on my part for this fight. Um, it's something that Savannah's not really experienced yet. Um, so I think it's going to make a huge difference on the night. Now, this fight is joining a, a growing list of all-female domestic fights that are sort of capturing the, the imagination a bit. I know you'd be happy and dying to have your fans in there if possible, but even though it's behind closed doors, what has the response been like back home? Our oh, response has been amazing. You know, always whenever there's a Scotland versus England uh, competition or fight or anything like that, you know, people really get behind it. There's always that sort of like extra fire for it, if you if you like. But um yeah, response has been amazing. Lots of support from home, as always. Um, Scottish fans are the best fans out there, in my opinion. So, yeah, I've had huge support and I really can't wait to take that world title back to Scotland. All right, Hannah, thank you very much for your time. All the best. No problem. Thank you. Um, I spoke to Sylvain a minute ago and she said, on paper, you probably are her toughest opponent to date in a professional career. What do you bring to the table that she's maybe not faced yet, do you feel? No, I feel that she's correct in saying that. Yes, I've got a lot more experience as a professional and um, I think it's going to be a different night for her. You know, when you're going through the championship distance, that's where I'm more experienced. Um, I'm aggressive, I'm a come forward fighter and um, I'm really going to put it on her. Also, the difference for this is, for, for me anyway, is that she has actually got an opponent that's had a full training camp to train for this fight and somebody who's coming out to beat her. So I think that's a totally different thing to face in the ring when you've got someone coming out who's coming out to win. Or at all costs so yeah it's very different absolutely do you feel she maybe relies on her amateur experience a bit too much i don't know i think all um, all fighters who've come through the amateur system you know like that's where they've had their experience that's where they started off and things um and i think yeah you know that's where you've got your bases and your grounding and stuff like that but it doesn't make a difference when it comes like in the pro game. As far as I'm concerned, a good amateur doesn't make a good professional. It makes a good amateur. So um, we'll see on the night if that's going to like hold her in good stead for the fight. Um, obviously, it's going to give her the good grounding, like everybody says. But uh, we'll see how it goes when we get on to fight night. And just the last one from me. Um, obviously, there's always been talk with Savannah. She's always been linked to Carissa Shields, obviously from their amateur fight. Do you feel that she may be looking past you? I know Eddie Hearns sort of mentioned that could be something for next year. Is that a sort of carrot being dangled that may be looking past yourself? And Yeah, I definitely think, you know, when it comes to boxing, we all know you shouldn't look past what you've got in front of you. It's the most important rule in boxing. So I kind of hope she's looked past me and she's underestimating me and she's hoping for that big fight with Carissa because... All I've got to say is that she's not getting through me on Saturday night and I'm taking that world title home and there won't be a fight with Carissa. Perfect. Thanks, Anna. No problem. Thanks, James. Uh, next up, I'll pass over to Ron Lewis. Hi, Hannah. 
Hi, Ron. How are you doing? Oh, yeah. I'm very good, very good. Um, first off, when you, when the fight was off in Peterborough, why did you make the decision to so, to stick around? Because a lot of people, obviously, when you've been training hard, you know, the last place you want to be around is, is an arena where you're not boxing. Well, firstly, my very good friend, Ellie Scott Lee, was making her debut. And uh, it was a real blessing to actually be able to watch that. Not anybody else has got to see it in, in person. And when she first announced she was signing with Matchroom and she was going to make her professional debut, we were all like, yeah, we'll be there at the fight. Um, and then it just so happened to turn out that we were on the same card, but I still wouldn't have seen the fight had I been fighting. So mm -hmm. yeah, I took that as a blessing and a real positive option that I could stay there and watch that and be there to support her. Um, also, it's a great opportunity to see how everything's run behind closed doors. It's a brand new experience for everybody. So I think that having that sort of dry run definitely gives me a mental advantage because I know exactly what it's going to be like on the night. So, um, yeah, no, that, that was my main reasons to stay. Uh, obviously, um, you know, you, you've got a separate career. You know, you're, you're not like a builder or whatever. You're a professional musician. And, yeah. and that obviously takes a lot of practice. Do you actually, how much time at the moment do you get to practice and do you indeed take your bassoon kind of everywhere? <laughs> I haven't got it here in the, bu in the bubble with me, if that's what you're asking. Um, no, I do have it at home a lot. And we've had this obviously as a bit of a sad time recently because obviously with COVID, we've not been allowed to perform. Uh, we've not had big concerts to be taking part in. I had lots of concerts lined up just before we went into lockdown. So quite disappointed not to be doing those. Um, but yeah, when I'm focused on fighting, obviously, especially with something like a world title on the line, that becomes my first and main priority. But during lockdown, I had a chance to work with all my students uh, online, of course, and work with my quintet and we put some things together um, and it was played over for for kids in a school. So, yeah, you know, we still got to get the playing in, but it, it wasn't the same as actually performing live. So but it's not with me here in the bassoon's not here with me in the bubble. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be the ideal time, the hour between the test and, and when you're locked in your room to actually um, actually, you know, be a. Uh blasting some scales down to the people in the next door room things like that to be honest i'm sure they'd really enjoy it It'd be something different for them all i'll have to think about that next time you know <laughs> i never even thought about it <laughs> what sort of shows did you have did you actually have lined up sort of concerts do you have any tours lined up at all no tours lined up this time it was more to do with because it was literally right before easter and that's a really busy time for musicians so i had a lot of uh big Easter shows coming up and big concerts and things and more to do with like, you know, that, that time of year, you know, religious ones as well. So yeah, I was quite sad not to be taking part because some of the repertoire at that time is really beautiful to play. So yeah, very disappointing. Excellent. Thanks, Hannah. Speak to you soon. No problem. Thanks, Ron. Cheers. Thanks, Ron. Um, any more questions from anyone? I think we've got Mark. Mark Staniford from PA. Hi. Hi, Hannah. How are you doing? Hi, Mark. Um, I'm good. Thanks. I just... I just wondered to what extent you took an interest in that first wave of female Olympians that, that um, Savannah was obviously a part of. And did you ever feel sort of envious that, you know, you, you might have wanted to be a part of it? No, I didn't. Um, I came to boxing later on. Um, there was no opportunity for me to have gone into it and become an Olympian. That was never a route that I was like I saw, saw myself or saw myself going into um, I came to boxing later I was actually doing it for fitness and um, then I went into white collar and was doing some of it for charity um, so for me it was something when I decided to turn professional I just really wanted to see how far I could take the sport and I became world champion last year with through a lot of dedication and hard work and a real love for the sport so for me it's, it's all about seeing where I can go with this career and um, see what I can achieve and that's really what I was looking at. Never really thought about the Olympic side of things and don't really feel like I missed out on it or anything. Do you think do you think perhaps that gives you a gives you an edge in terms of sort of an extra hunger? Cause because fighters like you have had to come through it sort of taking your own risks and everything. Whereas the girls on the GB program are to an extent spoon fed, you know, and, and they get everything, get all the funding, get day-to-day -day life kind of thing and they don't have to take the kind of risks that you had to so early in your career oh yeah definitely I feel like I've got a real hunger for the sport because I'm desperate to prove to myself uh, you know what I can achieve me and my coach have always worked really hard to try and get as far as possible and 
you know, just pushed ourselves to see what was available for us out there. And yes, I've had to do everything the hard way. I haven't had any of the, you know, the easy fights. I've taken harder options that most people would take early on in their career. But as far as I'm concerned, if you want to be the best, you want to test yourself against the best. So, you know, for me, it was great experience. And every time I get into the the ring, you know, I've I've changed as a fighter and I've developed and I've learned from all those experiences that I've had. And I wouldn't change the way that I've had my career for anything because I've learned so much about the sport itself. Um, and also I've had some fantastic opponents and some great opportunities. Just finally, I'm sure you've been asked this millions of times before, so apologies, but why why the bassoon? Why the bassoon? Yeah, in particular. Uh, well, I actually started on the flute when I was younger and uh, a really nice old lady donated a bassoon to my school. Um, and I thought, well, I'm, I'm bored of being one of 40 flute players. So I think I'm going to take this weird instrument and... I just fell in love with it. It became the instrument for me. So I always say that to people, there's an instrument out there for everybody. You just got to find out which one it is. And the bassoon's my instrument, definitely. Is that the same kind Is that the same kind of individualist kind of attitude which serves you well in boxing? You sort of desire not to be the same as everybody else? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm always encouraging people to be yourself. It's really important that you are proud to be who you are and you focus on what you're good at and how you can improve your skills and abilities and things like that. So, yeah, I like to be an individual. I like to go out there, do new things, showcase what what, what can be done and push yourself, you know, and put, take ch challenges when they come up. I'm Danny Flexen. This is Joe Lee. And we're here for our second uh, Keys to Victory special. This one related to the Alexander Usyk versus Derek Chisora fight. I've just butchered um, Usyk's, Usyk's name twice there. Um, <laughs> but we know what we're talking about when it goes beyond the actual pronunciations, yeah. hopefully. Um, but uh, Lomachenko versus Lopez, previous Keys to Victory, was pretty well received. Um, and so, yeah, big fight. More people certainly picking Usyk than Chisora, it's fair yeah. to say. But we're going to pick out some keys to victory, um, three each, for either man. But hopefully there'll be a mix of the two. And yeah. uh, I'm going to let Joe, age before beauty, go first. You've said that many times, but it's just... Uh... Well, you're younger and not as beautiful, so it seems... <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that, eh? No, it's a, um, it's a good one for me to start, actually, because I'm not sure if you would have started with Chisora, but I've got a... A good point I want to make, and it's something he's mentioned a few times, and that he's going to have to take some leather. He's going to have to bite down on that gum shield, which is the first key to victory for me. Uh, if Derek Chisora wants to win the fight, obviously he wants to, but um, I feel like yeah, he needs to he needs to grit his teeth. He needs to take a few punches, and then the later rounds is possibly when he does his work. I think a lot of people have said one to six over seven and twelve, but a tired Usyk. May not have been the case at heavyweight, uh, cruiserweight, but at heavyweight, how quickly is he going to get tired? That extra weight is not something that can just be flown by. Like we saw against Witherspoon, it was, it was a performance that sort of, I guess you could say the hype around him went a bit blunt, and unless people started talking about him, obviously it's it's coming back up now. The fights this weekend, but we haven't seen a proper Usyk at heavyweight, and I feel like. With the amount of experience Chisora has at this weight, if he can get it into the later rounds and cancel some shots out and really find some new angles, which it's actually Usyk's better at finding those angles. But if he can work up close with Usyk and really work really rough against the ropes, um, then I think... Which key to victory is this? Is this for Usyk or is this for Chisora? Chisora. He needs to bite oh. down his gum shield. Get it's close. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll kick off with a Usyk then. And it's... It's kind of feeding into what you've just said, although, you know, if he does it for too long, he might fall into your Chisora trap. But I think Usyk needs to really utilise his movement early on. Mm. And I think it's for two reasons. One is the obvious one, to, to tire Chisora out, take the wind out of his sails mm. a little bit, you know, offset him, use his angles, use his speed. Um, you know, Chisora's good at cutting the ring off and you need to try and offset that. I don't think he'll have been in with anyone who's as good a mover as Usyk before. Um but I think the other issue is that we've seen Chisora 
fight tooth and nail for round after round against guys who stand in front of him and unload. Yeah. He took a shellacking from Carlos to Cam before finding that massive right hand over the top to, to you know, precipitate the finish. <laughs> um, Dillian White both times, just really in it right till the end. Even David Hay, although it ended relatively early, he gave him plenty, he pushed the pace, very good. But what we've also seen from Chisora is that he can be disheartened by people who move around and aren't that easy to hit and don't stand in front of him. Ajit Kabayel probably most recently, Tyson Fury on a couple of occasions, certainly the second time when mm-hmm. he was retired in the corner. And I think that's key for Usyk because if he can't dishearten Chisora early, it's going to be a long, hard night for him. And yeah. I don't know if he hits hard enough to dishearten him that way. So I think it's going to be by making him hit thin air, making him miss and making him chase, moving around lateral movement, both directions, keep him guessing. I think that's the best way to take away Chisora's urgency and motivation. Yeah, but then again, Chisora's been training harder than it looks he's trained for any fight in his whole career. He's had longer to train. He's had longer to focus. So I feel like he will have shaped himself in a completely different way because he's had just under a year to focus on one person, which is, it's rare for someone like Chisora who who gets in a lot of scraps. Um, but I feel like, I honestly feel like there's just, not a new version of him, but the way he's been training is so much more like an athlete. He's <clears throat> He hasn't been playing mind games. I know there's this Derek, where are you think? But he hasn't been getting involved. I could see maybe three, four years ago, he might have been trying to wind his opponent up more just to get in his head. But he's not playing those mind games. He's not met- messing with his emotions. And I feel like if he can keep calm through the next couple of days and onto, onto the fight, of course then that's going to really play a part as well. That's not my second key to victory. Um, my, second, <laughs> my second key to victory... What was that whole thing about then? I was just agreeing with what you were saying, but just talking about Chisora. Oh, wow. All right. I was, I, was, I, was, I was really getting into it as well. I was agreeing with you, but it wasn't even the, one of the keys to victory. I know, yeah. No, to be honest, the second one is just... It's for Chisora again, because I'm sure you'll have a lucid one. I've got an easy one next as well. Um, and it's not like... A competition as the, the first one, the best or anything. I just think the power, the punch power of being a heavyweight for so long, the punch power that Usyk hasn't felt is going to be, it's always going to be something dangerous for someone who's barely been a heavyweight. And also the fact that Chisora is Chisora, he's crazy in that ring at times. And if he can find a, a good shot, almost like, um, almost like Povetkin with White, actually, he got knocked down. He, he would have been disheartened from that. But he got into the later rounds where well, it wasn't that late, but he still managed a powerful knockout uh, and stay sharp late on. So I feel like if he can stay sharp throughout, stay disciplined, um, then he's always got a puncher's chance. Yeah, I agree. And I think I'll do the next one for Chisora because I think it's a lot easier to think of keys to victory for you, Sick, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, but from Chisora's side, and it's not particularly original, but I think. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say he needs to rough him up, although that is part of it. But I think when he is fortunate enough or skilled enough to get on the inside and get past those fast shots and, and the movement and pin Usyk down, he yeah. needs to keep him there in whatever way he can, whether that's holding, whether that's using his shoulders and his elbows, whether that's leaning on, yeah. um, whether that's you know a few dirtier tricks behind the referee's blind, uh, the referee's blind side, whatever it takes, because... We interviewed, we didn't interview, we did a Zoom conference call with Dave Allen uh, yesterday, which we were both on. And Dave Allen said, he's not, Usyk, who he's been sparring, is not a very good fighter at close range at all. But you can't keep him at close range. That's the problem. Derek Chisora is very good at cutting the ring off, um, but it's whether he can pin him down once he's done that. I don't doubt Chisora's ability to get inside in spurts. And I think, there'll be times where Usyk will be willing to stand with him, at least briefly, because he's got the faster hands and he carries a bit of power himself. Yeah. But I think then it's important for Chisora to make the most of his extra weight and his extra size and use that to his advantage. In the same way, I suppose, mm-hmm. that um, Tyson Fury did to Chisora. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The second fight, and has done to a number of opponents. It's that Tyson Fury blueprint. You know, when all else fails, use your physical advantages. And in this case, that's one of Chisora's biggest advantages in the fight is the fact that he is yeah. so much bigger and heavier. No, I think I think you're right in what you say there. And it sort of leads on to my point. I feel like if Chisora wins, there's almost he has to be so um he has to be so down to I've lost my word in here. He basically has to stick to the game plan 
And if he messes up for, for one minute of the fight, he could see the fight go to Usyk from then on. So I feel like for Usyk, as long as he stays unpredictable throughout the fight, which is my, my third and final key to victory, then is going to have a hard time. Because obviously, like we've said, is going to have trained very hard so that his cardio can go into the later rounds and he can always find power. He can move out of the way of Chisora's shots. Bit of Usyk shots, but if Usyk's unpredictable throughout, then that's going to mentally tire Chisora, and also obviously um, it's going to tire his body. As long as Usyk stays consistently unpredictable, uh, finding new angles all the time, that that Derek Chisora is going to struggle with defending, then um, the fight could very well be his. Yeah, see, my last one, and this could all be rendered um, dated by tomorrow yeah. when this video goes out, but my last key to victory, this one's for Chisora, is Huda Bleep is going to be in his corner. Yeah. Because with a few days to go to the fight, I'm not entirely sure. Mm. Now, last time out, we, we all know, and it's, it's you know one of the worst kept secrets in boxing, that his trainer in the gym at the moment is his manager, David Hay. Yeah, but, yeah. David Hay, as far as I'm aware, unless this has changed, doesn't have a seconds license or a trainer's license. Yeah, he doesn't. And in Chisora's last fight, he had Steve Broughton, someone who's worked with David Hay in the past, in the corner with him. Um, but when I interviewed Chisora a few months ago, he said that Steve Broughton would no longer be in the corner with him. Um, so I don't mm. know if that's changed. Um, Dave Coldwell was drafted in for Chisora's last fight as well to assist. Yeah. Um, very, very experienced um, trainer and very highly respected, yeah, yeah. as it should be accomplished. But who's going to be in the corner this time? You know, we're not mm. in the bubble, unfortunately. So we'd know by now because we'd see who was walking around with Chisora. It's literally right opposite my flat. But, um... Well, unless you've got some, you know, telescopic lenses or whatever. We're, we're not going to know who's, um, <laughs> who's accompanying Chisora and making sure he doesn't uh, go off the rails in the final week. But... Whoever's there with him, it needs to be someone that he will listen to. I know it sounds obvious, but he was with Don Charles for a long time and he pretty much, maybe not at the press conferences, but in the ring, pretty much did as he was advised. And I think that's incredibly important. So I hope there's a, a kind of veteran, respected guy like a Dave Coldwell still there. And whoever's the head trainer in the corner, I hope it's someone that Chisora has a healthy amount of respect for and will, you know, do what they say. And it's someone that knows what they're talking about to give him the right advice as well. Because that's hugely important. Definitely. So is your is your third key having a good trainer? Is that what, is yeah, that what well, it is? Yeah, key to victory is it could make a difference between defeat and victory for Chisora okay. having the right yeah. person in the corner here. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's definitely... There's there's limited ways that Chisora can win, but if he, if he sticks to the way he thinks a high chance of that happening he just needs to be so persistent and um it's going to be very very tough for him but there's there's a possibility it's going to happen um and as we haven't seen yet Usyk might not be that great at heavyweight he might need to be lighter in order to be the Usyk we've seen before in order to to use his game plan and his skills as a boxer um as best as he can but we'll see I guess on Saturday night um and, and I can't wait I just think the way Chisora's zoned in, right? I haven't seen it before. I've never seen him this zoned in. Um, and he's had so long to train for it as well. You just never know, man. Let's, let's do predictions. Uh, we might as well. We're not going to get another... Well, I suppose I could yeah. do it on, on my vlog. But no, let's do predictions. I might okay. make a vlog more about yeah, the Because I, I just did a little show and I sat on the fence with it. So I want to hear what you think and maybe it'll change my mind. Yeah, no, that's fine. I don't mind. I'll, I'll get right off the fence. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I think... No, I think, Chis I think Chisora will be dogged and determined. I think he'll be fit and in shape. Obviously, there's a buck coming, everyone can tell. But um, I just think that as a boxer, technically, yeah. Usyk's a level or two above. And I think Chisora, style-wise, is a pretty good you know, opponent for Usyk's second heavyweight yeah. fight. I think even though people say he didn't look great against Chaz Witherspoon, he didn't. But I think he would have learned a lot from it. He'll have got used to how his body feels at that weight. Um, and maybe even if that weight's suitable or not, and he needs to go up or down a little bit. Um, and he'll just be more aware of what a heavyweight punch and, and his own durability is like. In and he, he's obviously fought at super heavyweight as an amateur. I'm sure he's sparred plenty of heavyweights as well. So he's not completely unaccustomed. And I just think Chisora will have his moments. I think he'll land some big shots. And I think it'll be a test of... 
Usyk's chin and his metal to get through it. But I think mm. he'll win the vast majority of the rounds and he'll mark Chisora up. And I think yeah. he'll he'll hurt him on occasion. I don't think enough to get a, a clean knockout or a stoppage. But mm. I think Chisora's corner, depending on who's in there, will pull him out sometime in the later rounds, maybe round 10 or 11. Okay. Yeah, no, I think is definitely going to rough him up on the inside um, for sure. I think it's going to be a better fight than you're suggesting. Um, okay. But it just depends on how fit really is Chisora. I feel like the, as much as I've spoken about Usyk moving up might be a problem, um, let's be honest, he was that great at Cruiserweight and considered probably one of the best, if not the best of all time. Yeah, There's no way it's just going to disappear just because he's put, put on a few pounds and he's had a year to train for this fight. He knew he was moving up to heavyweight. Um, so it's not just going to come as a surprise that he's hit a bit harder. Um, so for me, I think it's going to be a closer fight. Um, I think there's going to be some rounds where Chisora comes back in. I don't <coughs> think he's going to get knocked out. I do think it's going to go to decision. And she's always going to surprise a lot of people. But um, I'm going to say Usyk um, with a close victory on points. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, that's our next on the line. Um, we want to hear what you guys think about our keys to victory. And, you know, what have we missed? There's probably some yeah. you feel more pivotal, crucial than others. But, yeah, let us know what you think. and We'll respond to some of those comments. Um, and we'll be back awesome. with keys to victory for the next big fight, which I guess, where are we now? I guess would be November the... What would it be for a keys to victory? Dillian White? Katie Taylor one or Dillian White. Danny Flex and welcome to the latest edition of Seconds Out Flex Expectations. We're here every Thursday at 4.30pm to talk about the boxing actions come over the weekend. And this week is a particularly big one as it's a pay-per-view event on Sky Sports Box Office headlined by Derek Chisora um, against Alexander Usyk, or rather the other way round as Usyk gets top billing, I believe. Um, but that doesn't really matter. What matters is will it be a good fight um, and who do we think is going to come out on top? Um, and I think the answer to the first question is yes. Um, I think Usyk throws a high volume of shots. He moves around. He's got flair. I think Chisora will aim to put pressure on, cut the ring down, rough him up, beat him up um, in the patches where he can. And I think their styles will combine for a good fight. I know Chisora struggles with movers. We saw that um, European title defeat to Ajit Caballero a few years ago in Monaco, where he really struggled to pin him down after the first couple of rounds. Made a Kind of late charge, but it was too late. And I think, you know, the scorecards were quite generous to Chisora, as it turned out. Um, but I don't think Usyk's quite the same as Caballel. Um, I think, well, he's better for a start. But also, I think he throws a lot more shots and he's willing to stay in the pocket for a bit longer and engage more. Um, I think he likes having a bit of a tear up. Maybe not close range, but certainly at medium to long range. So I think he'll be a really good fight to watch. Um, I think... Um, Usyk's chin will be tested by a genuine heavyweight in Chisora. And I think Chisora will get, whether he wins or loses, I think he'll take a bit of a pounding. I think, you know, like the Carlos Takam fight, he took a real beating in that one and came through to win with a big shot, um, changing the course of the fight just when he needed it. Um, I'm not sure he'll be able to land that massive shot on Usyk this time around. I think Usyk won't stay, linger in the same place for long enough for Chisora as he's already been maybe disheartened a little bit, dispirited a little bit by Usyk's early dominance. Um, I think he'll slow down and be a bit more reticent about coming in. And I think Usyk will take over at that point to either win a clear points decision or um, Chisora's corner, um, not the most experienced in specifically boxing, may decide to pull him out if he's taken too much punishment. Um, but it will be a good fight to watch. And I think to an extent, Usyk will prove that he belongs at heavyweight. Not by beating an incredible technical fighter. I'm not suggesting Chisora is one of the best, you know, top 10 heavyweights in the world right now. He's not. But he is a full-fledged heavyweight. He's always been one. He's big, strong, tough, hits hard. And he's got an underrated um, boxing IQ as well. You know, he was a good amateur, moves his head well, cuts the ring off well. 
So I think um, Yusuf will prove a lot more by beating Chisora than he did in his heavyweight debut against a late sub in Chaz Witherspoon. It's a pretty deep card, especially for hardcore fans. There's no kind of real massive names on the card, um, apart from the main event. But they are good fights by and large. Um, you've got Lee Selby against George Cambosos Jr. Um, young, hungry, Australian, powerful. Not really been tested yet. Was pushed to the wire by Mickey Bay, and that was a faded version of Mickey Bay. Going up against Lee Selby, who, of course, um, IBF featherweight champion. Once he lost that to Josh Warrington, weight drained towards the end of his reign. Maybe throughout his reign, he'd probably say. Jumped up two weight divisions to where he sits now at lightweight, and this is an IBF final eliminator. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with the belts. Obviously, if um, Teofimo Lopez moves up, as he said he will, that belt will probably become vacant, and the winner of this will vie for it against someone. So everything to play for. Selby, the slick operator, good footwork, good movement um, against Cambosos Jr., um, young, hungry, explosive fighter. Again, style should mesh really well in this one. Um, wouldn't be surprised if there's um, head clashes. That, that's kind of a bit of a concern on that one. Um, but if I had to pick, I'd go for Selby to um, ultimately outbox Cambosos in enough of the rounds to, to win that on points. Um, we've also got a great female world title fight um, at middleweight vacant WBO belt between Hannah Rankin and Savannah Marshall. Um, Hannah Rankin's obviously fought at world level before. Lost a big decision, wide decision to her now friend and spar mate Clarissa Shields. Was also performed really well at the Patricia Burgalt fight. Um, could have gone either way. She looked good in that. Um, and so competed and won at a much higher level as a pro than Savannah Marshall, who, of course, was world amateur champion, what, nine, eight, nine years ago now? Um, and famously beat Carissa Shields on the way to that. Um, neither, neither lady likes to be reminded of that, I don't think, anymore. I think um, even though Marshall won, she's sick of being linked with Shields all the time if they're not actually going to fight. Um, but yeah, this is Marshall's chance off for a very slow burn pro career against mediocre opposition if we're honest to really make a statement uh, win her first world title uh, fight was obviously postponed after peter fury tested positive for covid19 when it was originally scheduled a little while ago um, but all being well it seems like it's going to go ahead for certain this time and i expect a real tough tussle i think um marshall has been banging people out for fun at the higher weights but she's had to get herself down to middleweight for the first time the championship limit um, and against her best opponent so far as well by some distance. So that's going to be tough for her, especially if it goes beyond the kind of the halfway point of the fight because she's not used to doing that, uh, either as an amateur or as a pro. Um, and ranking is. She knows, and she's banking on that kind of championship round experience to get her through. So that's probably the closest fight to call um, out of all of them on the card, I think. Either that or the next one I'm going to talk about, which is Tommy McCarthy um, bidding for the vacant European Cruiserweight title against Bilal Lagoon of Belgium, who held Dimitri Kucha to a draw, which is a really good result, probably better than most of the results on McCarthy's record, although he has won in Italy when fans were still allowed in um, not too long ago against a really good fighter as well in um, Fabio Turchi. So that's a really good fight as well. And, you know, you, as a journalist, you're supposed to be impartial, but I'd really love Tommy McCarthy to pull it off. He's a lovely guy. He's often stepped in against tough opponents at short notice. And this is one where he's had adequate notice. He's got, I don't know if I want to say home advantage, because obviously he's Irish and his opponent's from um, Belgium, but and there's no fans anyway. But he, he's got it a bit more on his own terms than usual, and I would love to see him pull it off. We've also got cult hero Dave Allen makes his uh, return after over a year out, um, taking on after that defeat to uh, David Price. Was that his last fight? Maybe he has had one since, actually. I'd have to check that. I should have checked it before. But anyway, he's fighting Christopher Lovejoy, um, who's a late replacement for uh, Christian Hammer, who, again, another person who's tested positive for COVID-19. Um, Hammer would have been a real test for Dave Allen. I would have favoured Hammer to win that. You know, he's a world top 15 heavyweight. He's um, beaten David Price, of course. Also um, fought Tyson Fury, lost that, but was brave and dogged throughout, even though he was well outgunned and outclassed. Um, and I think he would have given Dave Allen a real tough night at the office. Um, and I would have, if I had to pick, I would have backed him. But this is a different kettle of fish. You know, Christopher Lovejoy is 36 years old. He's fought all of his fights so far. He's unbeaten, obviously a big puncher, but fought all of his fights so far. Out in Mexico, um, not known as a fistic hotbed for heavyweights. 
Um, only fought one guy with a winning record um, so far. Dave Allen's going to be the second. And you just favour Dave Allen. You know, he hasn't always won the big fights, but he has been in with the much better opposition. Lewis Ortiz, Dillian White, beat Lucas Brown, David Price. You know, we could go on and on. He's fought some really good people, often as the opponent rather than the favourite. But he's very much the house fighter in this one. And if all you've got is a real big punch and you're an explosive fighter who, who wins in the first couple of rounds or loses, as I suspect Christopher Lovejoy might just be, even though he claims to have um, hurt Tyson Fury or, or fought on even terms, sorry, with Tyson Fury in sparring, Fury claims he dropped him, uh, he dropped Lovejoy. Um, but if he is that type of fighter, as I suspect he might be, I haven't seen much of him, um, Dave Allen should be all right because Dave Allen for everything is very, very durable. You know, he tucks up well. He does take shots, but he can take them. He's got great faith in his chin, which might not serve him well in later life, but certainly now um, he can take care of himself. And I think if Lovejoy can't blow him out early, and I don't see that happening, as Alan himself said, I'd be absolutely shocked if he um, won in the second round, as Lovejoy predicted, then I think it becomes a hard, hard night for Lovejoy. And I think Alan can outbox him and ultimately get him out of there towards kind of halfway, maybe a bit later on. Which will be nice. It'll be nice to see Dave Allen back and in the wing column. Uh, rounding off the card, we've got um, Carly Skelly and Amy Timlin vying for the vacant Commonwealth title at, I want to say Super Bantamweight, but I'd have to, again, double check. I interviewed um, Carly Skelly not too long ago. You can see that on the channel. She's really confident going into this. Um, she's probably had a bit more experience, um, but mainly from a kickboxing background, whereas um, Timlin has had amateur fights, good fighter, younger. Um, but both very hungry, um, Commonwealth title fight for women, we don't see it often enough, um, I expect it to be really, really good to watch, it's nice that they've got the platform as well, and the last name on the card, someone who was supposed to be on the Joshua Boracci show a few weeks ago, but got put back, is Cash Farouk, um, no opponent for him on BoxRec yet, but as they're in the bubble, he must have an opponent, um, but again, it'll be nice to see him back, I thought he was a brilliant British champion at Bantamweight, secured that Lonsdale belt in very quick time and I thought he was very unlucky not to get the decision over Lee McGregor in the all Scottish British and Commonwealth title fight that they had. Um, I interviewed Cash a couple of weeks ago, very engaging guy, grown a massive beard, doesn't look so boyish anymore but worth watching that as well if you've got the time. Just before I go and needless to say I want your comments below on um, best or most competitive fight of the card do you think if it's not the main event who is it? And who are you most looking forward to seeing? Let me know below. And also your predictions, if you want. See if you can get um, six out of six for the fights that I've mentioned. Um, but I should mention as well, there's a, a show in the US, PBC show over the weekend as well. Javante Davis going up against Leo Santa Cruz um, for super featherweight and lightweight titles. Um, if Javante Davis makes the weight comfortably, which I hope he does, I expect him to be too big, too strong, too explosive, youthful. Um, for Leo Santa Cruz, whose best days were at featherweight and who's probably, you know, had a legacy of fights, hard fights and fights fought at a tough pace, gruelling training camps as well. And I think timing is everything in this one, timing and size. And I, I back Javante to come through and we'll have the uh, press conference for that show, hopefully tonight, or if not, we'll certainly have some one-on-one, -on -one, uh, sorry, not one-on-one, -on -one, we'll certainly have some Zoom calls with the fighters from the main event um, with our guy, Matt Tucker. Um, who's out in the US taking care of that. Really appreciate the time. Give me your comments below um, and I look forward to seeing you all soon. Cheers.